Buenos dias. Welcome to another daily devotion. I'm your host once again, El Padre. Today on this wonderful Tuesday morning, we're going to be talking through Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 52. So if you haven't read it, go ahead, do that now, and then come back and we will continue our wonderful discussion. Here we go. Um, I'm going to spend all of our time today in verses 21 through 24. So here we go. When the eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus. In Jewish tradition, uh, according to the, the book of Moses, the law, uh, they were required to be circumcised on the eighth day. Um this is a ceremony, obviously, like where they cut the little skin off the baby boy penis, uh, if you didn't know that. Um, so with that being said, uh, Jesus' parents are, are the good Jews that they're supposed to be. They bring him in, they circumcise him on the eighth day, and he is named Jesus. This is the name given by the angel before he was conceived. And when the days of the purification, according to the law of Moses, were finished, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So this is really interesting here um, because we see uh, in verse uh, 23, we are talking about Exodus 13, 2 and 12, and then it's also quoting Leviticus chapters, chapter 5, verses 11, and then also chapter 12, verse 8. So real quick, let's jump into this. Every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord. You're going to see uh, coming up soon towards the end of the book of Luke, where Jesus is celebrating the Passover, uh, right? That's the same, same time right before he gets crucified. That is when he institutes, uh, the new covenant where he talks about the blood and the bread, uh, starting sort of like a new, uh, Passover tradition almost. Um, and so this is designed here, this particular thing that they're, they're doing, presenting him to the Lord as it is written in the law. Uh, we're going to go back to the book of Exodus so that we can discuss what exactly is going on here. Um, verse 1, chapter uh, Exodus 13, verse 1 says this, The Lord spoke to Moses, Consecrate every firstborn male to me, the firstborn from every womb, among the Israelites, both man and domestic animal, it is mine. Uh, now, this is really interesting. We, we, we learn here then, uh, if you keep going throughout the chapter, there's what's called a redemption price, which is five shekels. Uh, the parents have to buy back uh, the right to their child, so to speak. It is the responsibility of the father. And so... Um, verse, uh, let's see, here we go. Verse 12, you're to present to the Lord every firstborn male of the womb. Uh, now, this is kind of interesting. Um, according to several 
different traditions here. I've got, um, first up, we have, according to the Heart of Israel, uh, if you look at theheartofisrael.org, they have a article called Redeeming Firstborn Sons. And one of the things that they say here is that um, that they still actually uh, have a ceremony called the Pidian Habian. Basically, they talk about the ceremony where you buy back uh, the firstborn son. And so that's what um, Joseph and Mary are currently doing for Jesus. Uh, this, this ceremony is specifically designed to remind each and new generation. So for those of you who are parents who don't like the idea of forcing religious tradition on their children, um, that's anti what the Bible is teaching, that's very anti-Jewish tradition for sure. Uh, here, the point of doing the ceremony is to teach your new child uh, carrying on the ways, because then they're going to ask, hey, like, uh, granted, um, uh, this particular child is, is going to be little, but you're going to have to teach your children about this tradition. And what it does is it carries on uh, the same thing that Passover does. And it reminds them about how uh, God took the firstborns. And so then he says that right in Exodus, right, where it said, it is mine every firstborn male, uh, they, they have a term for this. This is like, um, those, the, the, the really good scholarly Jews who can actually read Hebrew would say it, it, it's instead of firstborn, it's like the womb breaker. Uh, and so in other words, it's like the first child out, uh, that is a male. It's so if it's a girl and then you're the firstborn male after that, they said that the, this isn't, uh, this isn't for you, that it's only really just for the, the womb breaker. So the firstborn. Uh, and so Jesus is that for Mary, right? This is her first baby. She was a virgin, has the baby. Uh, Joseph and Mary go and they uh, redeem him. And so what is really interesting about this then is that uh, here in verse 24, it says, they offer a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So let's jump in to Leviticus chapter 5. Let's go find that. Verse 11. If he cannot afford two turtle doves or two young pigeons, he may bring two quarts of fine flour as an offering for his sin. He must not put olive oil or frankincense on it for it is a sin offering. It is to bring it to the priest and he will take a handful from it as its memorial portion to burn it on the altar along with the fire offerings to the Lord. It will be a sin offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement on his behalf concerning the sin he has committed in any of these cases, and he will be forgiven, and the rest will belong to the priest. Here we see that what is taking place, according to the author Luke, is that they are doing an atonement offering. So every year, you have to go down to Jerusalem and everybody atones for everybody's sins. Now we understand that Jesus was sinless, uh, but as a part of the tradition, as a part of the fulfillment of scripture, uh, they still would need to offer these sacrifices. And so um, one thing that I think is really important that um, here it, it, we, we saw in Exodus where it talks about the consecration of this firstborn son. So like this redemption ceremony, this uh, ritual, so to speak, that they do um, 
is intended to be a consecration act, which means that it's being set aside for the Lord. Uh, there's, um, I, I think sometimes we, we don't always understand how important it is, uh, this, this term consecration, because um, what it means here, I, I'll just, let me give you the actual definition. It means to make or declare something sacred. Uh, and so with that being said, it is, it's this ceremony, uh, we see when, um, when the, the, the priests are being consecrated, they have this ritual where they have to clean themselves because what they're doing is they're making themselves sacred. They're making themselves holy. Uh, and so in, in the Bible, when you're doing that, uh, Jesus, we, we know he's already holy. Um, but with this, it's important that we recognize that he's fulfilling, he's doing all the same obligations that absolutely everyone else is doing. Uh, but because he is the firstborn son in particular, he has to be consecrated before the Lord. Um, and so today, um, this, this is really interesting to me, but, um, I want to point out a couple more things that, that Jesus is doing all of the things. His parents are doing all the things that are customary. When the parents brought the child, Jesus, this is verse 27, to perform for him what was customary under the law, uh, that his parents are, are doing all these things. So when we see things like in Matthew, where it says in, in the Sermon on the Mount, where he says, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, this is part of what it means that he's doing all the things that are required of any normal Jew, uh, any normal Jewish man, Jewish firstborn. Uh, and we see this too in verse 39. When they had completed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. Uh, Jesus' parents are doing the all of the things that are required. And the reason I'm saying that is because so many people uh, struggle with what Jesus looked like, who Jesus was. Uh, there's a lot of people that think Jesus was like this uh, Italian, European-ish kind of guy. That's not true, even though, um, you know, like there's a tendency for all cultures to want to imagine Jesus like them. Uh, but Jesus was a Jew. He he was very much a Jew. He, he accomplished all of those things and he is the fulfillment of Jewish prophecy. And so because of that, I think uh, it is important for us to understand him in this light. Uh, now, th this is what's fun about this this story. Um, and I just want to touch on this super, super quick. Uh, but we hear, we see here, there's two people, Simeon and Anna. Both of these are people that when they meet Jesus, they're in the temple. Uh, it says that, that Simeon, he is guided by the Holy Spirit. It says that the Spirit was on him in verse 27. He enters the temple guided by the Holy Spirit, runs into Jesus and immediately recognizes him. He praises God. Uh, Anna does the same thing. She She's this this woman who fasts and prays and ministers to the Lord all the time. And, and at the very moment, she came up and began to thank God and speak to him, them. And all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel uh, these are two people who, uh, they love the Lord, they understand the Holy Spirit, and, and they, uh, when they see Jesus, when they're around Jesus, they recognize who He is, uh, and so they 
proclaim to everyone, hey, this is this is Jesus. This is super cool. At Jesus's birth, uh, to a prophet and a prophetess basically recognize who Jesus is and they start telling them others around uh, immediately. So uh, today, let's let's just take a moment and pray. Lord, we, we thank you. Uh, Lord, we recognize uh, that like what Simeon says, uh, Jesus, you, you were a child destined to cause the fall and rise of so many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed to Jesus. Uh, when you were on that cross, you were opposed. Uh, and Lord, your life represented so many things. The things you taught were definitely opposed. And so, Lord, we, we thank you for, for Simeon. We thank you for Anna for recognizing who you were from the get-go. Uh, Lord, and we choose, like them, to believe that you are the Messiah, uh, that you are going to reign and rule forever, and that you've already begun re reigning and ruling, and that you... Uh, our Lord of each and every one of us. In Jesus' mighty name, uh, amen. Uh, we'll eventually, when we get into the book of Romans especially, we'll talk about our obligation to the law and all that stuff. So, uh, but for now, this is, this is where we're ending. If you have enjoyed today's video, please go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Click the little bell and you'll be notified with all of our wonderful videos as soon as they come out. Also, you can check out, um, if you haven't done so already, we have a daily devotion podcast. You can check that out. Listen that way. That way you can close your phone screen if you don't want to pay YouTube. Uh, then also we have Fire Within podcast that has two new episodes out. I highly recommend you check that out. It's intended to be an equipping for sharing the gospel in our uh, urban current, current contexts. Uh, and then also um, check out the book, Fire Within. That'll help you to be confident in sharing your faith, sharing the gospel. And then we have a new book out called A Letter to the Fatherless. You can check it out on Amazon, A Letter to the Fatherless uh, by Jesse Eisenhower. And you will uh, be able to read the first chapter for free. It's on Kindle Vela, uh, which means you can read it from uh, either the app, the Kindle app, or you can read it on uh, your normal web browser. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you very, 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 very soon. Blessings. Peace out.